Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. A unique way to determine your starting quarterback, but I love it. And I will explain why next on this week's episode of Michigan Podcast. But there's going to be one team that's going to play solely as a team. No man is more important than the team. No coach is more important than the team. The team, the team, the team. Let's see for Anthony Clark. Waits for it. Here's Clark. Brady gets terrific. Turns it and a touchdown night again. Schultz just before Brazil got him. And the leaping interception by Woodson. Harbaugh back to throw over the middle. Caught by Collinger at the five on his feet. Touchdown, Michigan. Seven, 179 pounds, a junior at Michigan. But Jamie Morris packs a wallop, and he delivers for Boshin Bench. And here's your first play. Pressure coming, sack. It is Glenn Steele, number 81, who fought his way through the traffic. Option. And Robinson calls his own number, and he's going to score. Oh, an easy touchdown for Robinson and Michigan. championship again because we're going to play as a team and when we play as a team and the old season is over you and I know it's going to be Michigan again Michigan. Go Blue, and welcome to this week's glorious episode of Michigan Podcast. Glorious not because the episode will be that good. It'll pretty much be what you're accustomed to, but we all have low standards around here. No, it's glorious because it is game week, and oh boy, do we have some high standards for this 2022 Michigan football team. But before we get into that... A brief word about our partners over at Prize Picks. We unveiled our initial picks last week via pri- via Prize Picks, and I believe we ended up going one and one in those picks with Week Zero. And now, for the first time, we've got player picks for Michigan football in 2022. I've got two picks with Prize Picks for you this week. I'm gonna go Ronnie Bell under. Five and a half receptions. That means he's got to get to six catches. That seems like an awful lot anyway, given the overall depth of pass catchers Michigan has. I mean, right now, when you consider receiver and tight end, this position's about 10 deep. So I, I think it's going to be tough for anybody 
in a given game to get to six catches, given the amount of depth Michigan has. But then you throw in, it's a game where Michigan should win convincingly. It's Ronnie Bell coming off a knee injury. So I think he's poised for a big senior year. I'm just going to go under the receptions number here. Wouldn't surprise me if he had a couple of huge plays, but I'm going to go under five and a half receptions. But for Blake Corum, I'm going to go over. 107 yards rushing for Blake Corum because I could see him getting that in three or four carries. I don't think he'll carry the ball more than 15 times in this game, but I expect him to get a couple of big plays running behind what I think will be the best offensive line of the Harbaugh era. And yes, that includes last year's offensive line that won the Joe Moore Award. So those are our picks this week for week one of the 2022 Michigan football season from our friends over at Prize Picks. Price picks, they are the best legal way to play player props in states all over the country, including, of course, Michigan. When you download Price picks today and set up your account, use promo code Michigan, and you'll get instant deposits matched up to $100. So download the Price picks app today on the App Store or Google Play, promo code Michigan, for an instant deposit match up to $100. One more time, download the Price picks app today on the App Store or Google Play, Promo code Michigan for an instant deposit match up to $100 and enjoy the fun. And now to, I guess we'll call it a unique way to determine your starting quarterback, but I absolutely love it. I, I don't, I really don't understand like any of the criticisms of this. I, I really don't. I mean, one of the, one of the weird ones I've heard is, well, this sounds a lot like Brady Henson. Really? Sold. I hope so. <laughs> I mean, all we got out of Tom Brady and, and Drew Henson uh, was a Big Ten championship in 1998. Uh, one in 2000. Drew Henson's the last Michigan quarterback to win a game in Columbus. Uh, Tom Brady was the last quarterback until last year to quarterback a Michigan team that finished in the top five. And he, out of that, got forged into the greatest quarterback in NFL history. Okay, if you insist. What am I talking about? Well, of course... Jim Harbaugh announcing the plan earlier this week that Cade McNamara will start the season opener on Saturday against Colorado State, but then J.J. McCarthy will start the follow-up game under the lights against Hawaii. You know, that Hawaii team, they became the first team in like 60 years to give up 60-plus points uh, to to Vanderbilt. Yeah, that's who J.J. McCarthy gets under the lights at the big house in week two. And and that won't be the ultimate or even the final determiner of who the starting quarterback is. But they're running so even, Jimmy says. And uh, J.J., he says, has come on really in the last week or so that they owe it to both of them and the team to continue the battle because it's not just about who can get this team to nine or ten wins. There's probably a lot of quarterbacks in college football that could do that with this Michigan team. It's absolutely loaded. It's three deep at almost every position on the field. Now, the question is, who can get it to another Big Ten championship and maybe a win in the playoffs, maybe a national championship? That is the question. And if you remember the reaction of some of the Georgia players after the Orange Bowl back in January when they saw J.J. and some of the throws he was making, they were like, well, you had that guy on the bench? Now, Do not underestimate Cade McNamara in this battle. Uh, Michigan did not win the Big Ten Championship last year in spite of him. 
but it really didn't win a lot of games because of him either. I definitely think Michigan won the Nebraska game because of Cade. He was phenomenal in that game. He was pretty good against Michigan State. Should have been even better given the amount of opportunities that Sparty presented. Made some big plays against Ohio State. People forget that J.J. McCarthy did there as well. But you're also talking about a guy that hit for one of the longest pass plays in school history last year in Cade McNamara. Is the quickest to get to a, a post-60% completion percentage of all Michigan quarterbacks in Cade McNamara. It's not like he's chopped liver and he can improve too. He was a big time recruit too, just not as big time as JJ and has more time in the system and he had a spring practice. So you have to think that this is more about what JJ McCarthy is doing right now, especially because he really didn't have a spring practice. Yes, I know he had the mental reps as Jimmy calls them. It didn't throw a single ball. It's just not the same thing when you're a quarterback. So I think this is more about the ground that JJ McCarthy has made up. And I also think it's about the fact that this is Jimmy. I think this is kind of forgotten for a few years that in the end, this is a go big or go home kind of guy. This is the guy that benches a number one overall draft pick in the middle of a playoff season for a second round pick that he thinks has a higher ceiling. And it worked. The guy within centimeters of winning the Super Bowl that year. Uh, this is ruthless, merciless Jimmy that we always wanted. And frankly, for a few years, wondered what happened to him. Well, he's back, baby. And so I love this idea. I, I also love it. Get rid of your tropes, your message board bromides, your Twitter conspiracy theories. We now get to watch this battle play itself out in real time with our own eyes, not camp reports from the BTN or sources from people whose sources have turned out to be pretty good over the years. But now we see it for ourselves. I find it fascinating that some of the media complaining that Harbaugh doesn't tell them anything. Hell, he's even releasing depth charts now, all right? Harbaugh doesn't tell us anything. We don't glean anything. He's full of cliches. Now I want to criticize the fact that he's telling you everything, and he's going to let you see everything. Which do you want? Just the click show, but that's a topic for another day. On this program, we're actually about earnest Michigan talk. And so I love this. I don't see any downside to it at all. These are both known commodities by the team. They both made key plays last year. Obviously, Cade made more of them as the starter, but they both made key plays last year in helping Michigan to its best season of the 21st century. So then why not? They're both loved. It's a great team. Uh, there's a lot of quarterbacks that could quarterback this team to nine wins. Hell, there's probably a couple more on this roster right now. Alan Bowman, Davis Warren could probably quarterback this team to nine wins. Who's the best to quarterback this team to wins in January? Let's find out. Nothing wrong with it. Let's let it play itself out. And we can only dare to dream that it turns out to be another Brady and Henson. Those were some of the best years of Michigan football in recent memory. Well, let's find out what they think on the scarlet and gray side of things with our friend Mark Rogers next. Yes, folks, uh, we get asked a lot, hey, what can we do to support what you're doing here at Michigan Podcast? We can always like, rate, subscribe, share the content, but you can also uh, share uh, with us by supporting us on our Patreon page. There you can see we've had an outstanding season so far uh, with Major League Baseball picks uh, all year long. We've got win totals posted uh, for college football, for every college football team, uh, already posted, uh, what, two months ago now, my season win total best bets for the season as 
well. With the season nigh, you'll be getting weekly picks and more for both college and pro football. We'll finish baseball strong. You don't want to miss it. College basketball is only about 100 days away. Just five bucks a month if you want to support us to get all this great exclusive content on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Michigan Podcast. That's Patreon dot com slash Michigan podcast and as all as always we want to thank the hundreds of you that are already supporting us there at patreon.com slash Michigan podcast time now for the 10 minute war with our good friend Mark Rogers who himself has an outstanding channel right here on YouTube correspondents stringers covering college football from all angles teams all over the country you don't want to miss it it's good to have you back here with us Mark how are you brother doing just fine Steve um, I'm starting to hear way too many people like yourself that actually think Michigan has a more talented and better team than Ohio State this year so we we may have some <laughs> Some some matches coming up here. If Marcus Freeman loses again on Saturday night, we had Nebraska last year, the greatest three-win team of all time. Is he the greatest 0-2 coach of all time, the greatest winless coach ever? Probably since uh, Jimmy Johnson went 0-2 without Emmett Smith to start off their Super Bowl season when Emmett Smith was holding out. But but he, of course, but he had, had, he had already had a track record. This guy's not won a single game. I mean, this guy's being fed it at, first of all, the Notre Dame defense that he coordinated got destroyed by Oklahoma State. That's the best game Spencer Sanders has played in his collegiate career was in that bowl game last year, okay? And now now he's a, dude, Western Michigan is almost the same underdog to Sparty that Notre Dame is to Ohio State on Saturday night. If they get out there and get housed, what is the, what, what, how did this guy get elevated to mythic-like status? Do you know? Um, this is what happens when you are kind of a, you, you got an aura about you like a Marcus Freeman does. He does. He can engage with athletes. He's, he's a young guy. So he's got that covered, that swag factor covered. Then of course he's a hot shot coming through a system that's considered again, uh, on the cutting edge in regards to Cincinnati, Luke fickle doing really good things there, elevating that program to where it is now. And then on top of that, he does have the recruiting. So even in a down season on the field this year, Steve, he's going to still be looking good. It's a honeymoon season. He's going to have a top five recruiting class. We're really not going to start counting wins and losses for him significantly until next year. Every year but one since 1989, at least one team in the preseason AP top 10 has finished the year unranked. Every year but one. Somebody. This year, I think I think they're the most likely team to finish unranked in the top ten. My, my number, pretty- my numbers think they're they're maybe the most overrated team in the country. Well, we had thirteen of the twenty-five in the AP preseason poll last year not right. finished ranked. Which just goes to show you, no one should count any of the COVID year data for like anything moving forward. Like everybody's records. I mean, the season happened. I'm glad we had it. It was a nice distraction. Alabama had a phenomenal team, deserved the championship. But in terms of long-term trends, outside of like the four teams that were in the playoffs, nothing else should be gleaned about that year. Just based on what you just told me there alone. Because a lot of the preseason polls are based off what happened the previous year and your perceptions of how they ended and who's coming back amongst those teams, right? And half the AP poll finished unranked last year. So that's the, I've long held the notion don't count any of the COVID data stuff and that kind of cinched it for me. But anyway, let's get on to Michigan, okay? Because I know that's what you really want to talk about. 
That's why I'm here. That's why you dragged me on here. No, I am, I am honored to be on here to talk Michigan football every week. I love what we're doing. I mean, I love it. I love the idea of the transparency. I love the accountability. I mean, I absolutely love it. I, I don't see any downside to, to the J.J. starts a game, Cade starts a game. We all know it's a soft schedule. Let's not, let's not urinate each other and pretend that it's raining. Everybody knows Michigan should name the score on these teams. Uh, these two guys played meaningful snaps last year. They both played roles in a Big Ten championship team last year. So it's not quite the same as Brady and Henson. When they started going at it in 98, neither one of them had any track record at all. Okay, But keep in mind, as I've already pointed out, what came out of that era, Mark, Drew Henson's the last Michigan quarterback to win a game in Columbus. Tom Brady, until last year, was the last Michigan quarterback to quarterback a team that finished in the final AP Top 5. Two, they, twice they won Big Ten championships. I mean, I don't know. If this is the brady Henson era all over again, I'm in. Sold. I mean, I, yeah, I'm, I'm totally yeah. cool with it. I, I, well, I had a Michigan fan come at me, ask Ohio State in 2015 how this worked. They went 12-1, and one, beat the shit out of us. And the only reason y'all lost a game is because Urban Meyer just forgot that Ezekiel Elliott was on the roster in a driving rainstorm against Michigan State. I'm in. I'll take it. I literally don't see any downside to this at all. Am I wrong? You're not necessarily wrong. This, though, uh, any football coach that's been around two quarterbacks as long as Jim Harbaugh has worked with these two quarterbacks, he's got to know in his heart of hearts who he wants to have as the starting quarterback. I believe that he knows that. Can I prove that in any such way? Of course not. But I think it's a fair way to do things. And and I wish I had come up with it myself because I outlined here and elsewhere. I thought, okay, he better not start Cade McNamara in week one if he doesn't intend on playing him the whole season because Cade has not given up that job. He's not going to mistake himself into losing a job. Uh, especially against those three opponents. So um, I didn't want to see what could have played out with Cade McNamara being named the starter, but Jim thinking, let's go to J.J. later, uh, because, again, Cade McNamara is not losing a job. He, he's going to to lose a job to a better player because that better player is just more gifted, more talented, and wins the job. Cade McNamara is not going to lose it. Uh, I was thinking about them them sharing time through the first three games of the season. I still That's, think that'll happen. I still think that'll happen. Yeah, that each one's going to play each mm-hmm. game to a certain extent. Yeah, yep. that, that would make sense because even though it's kind of indistinguishable to all of us, uh, UConn, Hawaii, and Colorado State, and I know that they haven't planned out the third game, but it would be good to see each quarterback against each defense because they're all going to approach it, meaning the opponent, differently and you would like to see how both quarterbacks respond against both each defensive approach i think that this is entirely back to what you said a minute ago i think that well first of all mccarthy had no spring with the shoulder didn't throw a single pass from the orange bowl until july didn't throw at all or june so keep that in mind Uh, and i think that that's why a lot of us thought it would give kate an insurmountable lead I think that McCarthy has closed the gap enough. I think they want McCarthy to be the starter. And I don't think it's an anti-Kate thing. I just think that they recognize the ceiling with him is just so much higher. But what they need to find out is if he's ready to lead a program. Not if he's the better prospect, but if he's ready to lead a program. How do you do that? You do that this way. Because I think it's something that's going largely undiscussed. 
During practice of game week, the backup gets very few reps. You're preparing a starter for a game, all right? And and you only have 20 hours a week or so. You know, most teams don't strictly do it, but they're not, you know, practicing all hours of the day and night like you do in the NFL when you're a pro. You're getting your starter ready for a game. This is a way to get J.J. I remember when, this is going to seem like a weird reference, but I remember when Frank Beamer at Virginia Tech took this scrawny freshman kid that was redshirted named Michael Vick with him to every road, put him on the travel squad for every road game in 1998. And 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 he wasn't going to play, and you have a limited amount of guys you can bring on the road, so he was sacrificing a roster spot. Why was he doing this? He was preparing him for when he knew he'd be a starter the next year. He wanted him to go through and be ready as a quarterback to play as a starting quarterback, to know, to know what the expectations are to lead a program. And you saw Michael Vick have you know, a phenomenal season and take Virginia Tech to the national championship game. That's what I think is happening here. We're going to go, we're going to give JJ what it looks like to be a starter, starters reps, starters expectations, go through a week, lead a program. Are you ready to lead this program or not? Cause it's not a video game. It's not a combine. It's not a, it's, it's, it's not an NF. It's not a scout workout. It's a game. Can you lead a program or not? We know Cade McNamara can lead a program and lead one very well. He was instrumental in the culture change of last year. What we don't know is truly how great of a quarterback he is. We also know that there's a lot of guys in college football that could probably take this team to eight or nine wins. Probably the next two guys on the roster, like Alan Bowman, who quarterbacked at Texas Tech and threw for 5,000 yards, could take this team to nine and three. All right? So what you're trying to figure out is – is J.J. ready to be the guy that takes this team to 13 or 14 wins? That's what you're trying to find out. And the answer may be you don't serve a wine before it's time. We shall see. But I think that's the part of this that fans don't understand. They are trying to see if J.J. is ready to lead a program. Not if he's going to throw for more yards and stuff against Hawaii than what Cade threw against you know Colorado State the week before. Does that make sense? It absolutely does make sense, and it makes me wonder about what the the the, the approach is going to be in week three, because most likely uh, on the field, there's not going to be much separation between the two quarterbacks, as you just noted. It's not going to be like Keith McNamara is going to throw five interceptions against Colorado State, and then McNamara's, or McCarthy's going to throw five touchdowns the next week, and it's, okay, this is a slam dunk. Um, yeah, seeing the day-to-day preparation, leading the team, it's not J.J., coming in in a special package to run a few plays and run it around a little bit and then leave the field and stand on the sideline and, and, and see you in 45 minutes for my next drive. Exactly. It's all about the leadership component. It's about the aversion to mistakes while still playing loose and, and free and letting the skills go and rip, uh, but also being risk averse. So the, the, Game three approach is going to be interesting to see what what they go with there. And number two, this also falls into one of your predictions from a few weeks ago, that you would think that they are going to throw the ball more Mm -hmm. than they really need to these first two games Mm -hmm. to let these guys audition. And I also think it has something to do with the kind of tailbacks they have. I mean, they've got more of your J.K. Dobbins, Travion Henderson tailbacks than your Hassan Haskins, Leroy Horde kind of a grinder. 
And so you want to save the tread on those tires for later in the year when the winds are howling at 30 MPH across the field here in the north and you can't throw the ball and chuck it and duck it 40, or, you know, 40 times a game. Uh, and you've banked some – you've also banked some goodwill with a team that's about 10 pass catchers deep. Everybody got their balls in. Everybody got their time. Everybody got their camera time with a big catch or a first down. And, and now it's Big Ten football in November and you do what, you take to, what it takes to win. And that does take running the football some. I mean, ironically – I mean, Urban Ohio State, as we just talked about, didn't win a national championship one year because they didn't run the football enough with Ezekiel Elliott in a game, right? So I, I think that they were always going to do that, but this cements it for sure because you're not going to give a tryout just to have these guys go out there and hand the ball off 50 times a game like when it went on last September, Mark. This competition slash audition is also going to tell us much more about J.J. McCarthy than it does about Cade McNamara. We know who McNamara is. We know who he is not. And with J.J. McCarthy, not just being sometimes we'll see a quarterback competition where we know one guy is the stronger arm. He's the more NFL potential guy. But in two basic skill sets, throwing and running, J.J. is the better. He's just a more talented guy. And if he can't win this job uh, with those two uh, components in his column, then that tells us a lot about what he's not been able to prove uh, in Michigan football camp. Final thing, Mark, what else are you looking for this weekend watching Michigan? Do you do your own Michigan Monday thing? Is that Bucknuts or the Ozone? One of those websites does that, yeah, right? That's, Where they break down the Michigan game? Not devoting a day to Michigan, sorry. <laughs> not that important. <laughs> But what are you going to be watching for, nevertheless? You you first make a huge assumption that I'm going to be watching. You know, I, I make out my priority list for each television window, and I've only got about four screens to deal with, and I've only got the brain capacity to take in about two screens. So the other two are just for show, I guess, or to pretend that I'm paying attention. So it's going to be more about reviewing box scores and so forth and then saying, okay, I better go watch the first half to see how it got to be 28 nothing. Uh, so that's what that's going to be. Let's see how these two uh, rush ends work. Let, let's see the Michigan pass rush minus the Jabo and Hutchinson. I'll throw that one at you. And how many players they get involved in touching the football on offense from the wide receiver position? I think a lot of people be watching those things. Just keep this in mind. A year ago at this time, nobody knew what a David Ojabo was. Nobody knew, right? Good to see you as always, Mark. Uh, enjoy Molly Wapping uh, Notre Dame on Saturday night. I don't see it like that. Steve, good to see you. All right. Take care, man. See you later. <laughs> this week's Twitter poll results. Do you approve of Harbaugh deciding to give both Cade McNamara and J.J. McCarthy a start at quarterback in the first two games? I think I typo there. First two seasons. My bad. 74% of you agree with me and say yes. 26% of you say no. Again, I, I just don't see any downside to this. I, I really don't. I, I, I've analyzed it every which way, and I, I just don't see a, a single negative. I, people I respect have a concern or two about it. I just, I just don't share them. I think it's only a positive development. But that brings us to our feedback of the week. Hutch of the Dead responding to last week's episode, asking myself, am I a bad fan? He says, not at all, brother. Sounds like you're fully appreciating a chance to create a priceless memory with your son and family. I'm the youngest of three boys. Watching Michigan together is special to us forever because of games we attended and watched with our dad before he passed. That's my man. First of all, I love that name, Hutch of the Dead. That's a cool screen name, by the way. But uh, that's in the end. 
That is what it is all about. Absolutely. I appreciate you. All right. You guys ready? The most wonderful time of the year is here. Things kick into high gear around here now. Looking forward to it. This has the chance to be a very special Michigan football season. And, you know, last one was fair to Midland, right? We'll, we'll discuss it all right here each week on Michigan Podcast. Don't forget to like, rate, subscribe, share, five-star review, whichever applies, however you watch or listen, like right here on YouTube or on iTunes. Please help us to find more Michigan football fans and basketball fans and Wolverines just like you. You can also follow us on Twitter at Michigan Podcast. Until next week when we will discuss Michigan's first victory of the year against the Colorado State Rams. I'm Steve Dace. Go Blue.